The club has been sold with immediate effect. This football club is no longer owned by Mike Ashley. You might find me in here. This is the Exiled Jordy's Podcast. T.R.J., great strike! You leases and lunatics! Your source for everything Newcastle United. Kieran Trippier with the free. Oh, 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 yes! What a goal! Kieran Trippier for Newcastle United. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. You sing Jim's Park barking spot. Now, here are your hosts, Alex, Morgan, Adam, and Brad. Hello and welcome to the Exile Jordy's Podcast. We are coming to you a couple days after a Brad-predicted 3-3 draw to Man City. Uh, today it is Alex and it's Morgan, um, and we are excited to talk about a pretty awesome result from Newcastle United. Um, but before we jump in, really quick, just want to say uh, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys listening. Um, the last week we, we found a ton of new, uh, or new to us, American based or USA based uh, Newcastle supporters some of them have been fans of the club for 20 years that was super awesome to see like I can't even imagine trying to like keep up with Newcastle um, before whether it was a championship season the the ESPN plus package or before uh, you know NBC had this the rights to, to the uh, Premier League matches so that's super cool if anybody is um, listening give us a Give us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the pod. Um, there were so many comments and so many things that we retweeted, but if we missed you or didn't follow you, um, tweet at us at NUFC underscore podcast. Um, we're on Instagram at Exile Jordy's. Morgan is is killing it over there, and um, you know it's it's fun to, to see some of the clips of of the pod and um, and hear some uh, interaction from everybody. So um, so do those things, um, and really just the five-star review and the comment just help other Newcastle supporters find us. And, and I'm telling you, um, as Newcastle take off here and, uh, and, um, the world cup is, is right around the corner. Um, I'm assuming some people are going to jump into, to trying to find a premier league side and, and we want them to find Newcastle, um, and, and tell their story, um, about how they found us. So, um, so yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, and I think that's all the housekeeping for today. Um, but Morgan, we, uh, we got a point, uh, at home to man city. Um, do you want to just jump into some high-level thoughts? Yes, we we earned a point. Um, it's it's at once exciting, at once disappointing, um, but overall, I think spirits are extremely high uh, across um, the tune faithful. I think that everyone is pretty pleased with how that turned out. Um, overall like going into the game right if 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 this is what everyone told you would be the result which you know as you mentioned brad did tell us this would be the result uh, i think that we would happily take uh, a point from this game um but yeah i'm i'm just i'm just very very excited to talk about this to talk about what we looked like how we looked um the energy that we played with um yeah what a game yeah Absolutely. Um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I think Brad, we're going to, we're going to come back again after the, 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 the cup match tomorrow and talk with, with Brad and Adam. But I think Brad had a good sort of expectation of what the match would be. I was a little more negative on, on how we might line up just because 
you know, Man City are just, you just look up and down and the, the quality of player and the amount of money spent on each position and the backups at each position. It's just like, it's just, and not to mention, I was looking at the, the last five or six times we played Man City and we've just 5-0, 4-0, 4-3, 2-0. I mean, it's, we've gotten pretty much wrecked by them. Um, and even in the cup in, in 2020, 2-0 loss to them. So we, we have not played well against them. Um, I remember Brad mentioned the the two one victory we had over them under Rafa, but uh, but other than that, they're just such a good team. And and he made a good point that they don't really take a match off, and we were able to to change the game a little bit and play different, I think, than we had in the past, and and get a, a super super important result, um, especially on the back of a super super important result away to Brighton, who look really good. So um, so yeah, yeah. Um... We we came out looked uh, a little bit sluggish, obviously conceding early. But um, I mean, after that first goal, it was well. It, it, well, there were a few minutes after that first goal where it looked like it it could go either way. But I would say about you know 16, 17 minutes into the game, it was very clear that we were going to go at their throats, um, and so. It's an exciting Newcastle to see, and and also um, so much credit to the supporters that were there because they were as loud after the first goal as they were before that, and that was something that is not uh, not normal for for me to see, having watched many games where we've gone one one down and being able to hear the crowd. I can imagine how the players were feeling, still hearing that crowd chanting loudly uh, while one down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and for me, it was kind of funny to watch the beginning of it. Um, I thought, you know, okay, we came out, we had a corner 30 seconds into the into the match. You could see the aggression right away from the players. It was like, no, no, we're going to take this and we're not going to let Man City just dominate. I would say I, w- I would say dominate possession in our half because they they definitely had more possession, but it wasn't this, you know, uh, Rodri and De Bruyne just kind of passing the ball back and forth, you know, five yards from the from the uh, the eighteen yard box. It was a lot of Nathan Ake on the ball trying to figure out where to go with it. And I think City were I don't want to say they were caught off guard, but they were kind of put in a in a tough position, um, you know, where they they were uncomfortable playing that type of football, and especially with with the crowd um, engaged. Um, so, but I think after that quick start. You know, we go down one nil. Bruno kind of has a cynical challenge for a yellow card, and then Joe Linton almost—I think he probably could have got a yellow too. And I'm like, this is over before it began. I was almost like, yeah, this is going to be bad because you can't have those two guys on yellows like you know gingerly walk running around the pitch when the other team's going to have the the ball for two thirds of the match. Um, luckily, Joe Linton didn't get the yellow, and and kind of after after that, we sort of. Um, we sort of, you know, saw the three, the three, the three goals in a row, and luckily that didn't kind of turn negative. And maybe that's just my my uh, pessimist uh, Newcastle history. We were just talking about how negative the pod sounded before the takeover. So yeah, it was it was definitely good to see the team come out quickly and and try to take it to City and after a little spell of, of shakiness, which is totally acceptable or understandable and against city, um, find a way to get a two goal lead. 
Yeah, I think this goes back to what we or what you and Brad had talked about last week, and that is, could Joe Ellington, and in this case also Bruno, set that tone of like we are going to come in and roughhouse you, like we are going to, and and he even he said, uh, I think his words were play a little dirty, and like we set that tone early, and we were like, look, we're not messing around. Bruno, you know, got his yellow, but. Um, I mean, even to talk about the skill to play with a yellow at, in a kind of a, a defensive mid position, um, it takes a lot of discipline to play that carefully and to stay in for the rest of the game and, and not get a second. But they did set that tone early, and I think um, it was important. It, it fired the crowd up. It fired the rest of the team up, and they were not going to, like, bow down and cower after the 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 first goal yeah totally agree um and just kind of thinking about some of the different i I mean kind of that macro um what do you want to say kind of observations from newcastle and watching them just this might sound really stupid and i'm not like (laughs) some kind of football genius but i even look at the way that our players it, it was like a different Newcastle because when I when I see them like let's say Man City are passing the ball there's a couple passes everybody's body is like literally turning towards where the ball is. I mean it's so active it's so intentional and I feel like there's been so many managers that have come through here where it's been lackadaisical lackadaisical Brad um just this kind of mindlessly wandering through a match and then okay we're down by one with 10 minutes left Bruce is going to put on two players and hope we get a, a late corner and it's just not I mean it it was just something that and maybe this is how other teams play but it was like every single player is dialed in and, and is and is their mind is a hundred percent into the match at all times and it was just really cool to to see that change because Eddie has these players just completely in a different mentality and and they they don't think of it like, well, we've gotten two good results and they, they take a match against City and just hope that they can get beat by only two. It's like, no, no, we, we're going to go out and win this match and if we're going to be disappointed if we don't. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. We played as a team. Um, we looked like a team. We supported each other like a team. Um, let's talk about these goals. Yeah. Do you want to start with their first one? Sure, yeah. Because I took some notes on this one. <laughs> uh, on the on their first goal? Yeah. Gundogan's? Yeah. Yeah, what do, what do you got? So it was such a weird thing because I always, I always watch ASM when we're defending, and that's always why these matches are kind of – you never know what ASM is going to do. And I definitely have some – I think we're going to disagree. Well, maybe we won't, but I have some thoughts on ASM later. But he kind of – does a lot of movement sometimes defending, but it's not always like <laughs> the right movement. So he kind of just like runs in the middle of, uh, I think it was like Byrne and Joel Linton are sort of, they're, they're, they're a little bit away from Silva, but ASM kind of like runs right in front of Byrne and Byrne is kind of caught between like, wait, uh, now this is weird too, because Byrne is not our left back really. Um, so that's another point. I'd just a side note is that, um, Burn playing left back, which he's not 
as comfortable in and ASM and target not playing together. That's even a better result against city when we, we have burn at left back, but clearly there was some sort of miscommunication. It looks like burn was, was pointing like, are you taking Silva? And then both him and Jolinton kind of got turned around. Now there's like eight yards of space. And even in the box, Gunavan, like, I don't know who was supposed to be marking whom, but Trippier seemed to be closer to, to Foden on the wing. And Gundawan didn't even take it down well, but he had so much time and so much space that he was able to, like, back up and hit it. And, you know, from that range, Pope is not going to have much of a chance. So it was just a little, like, it was just a little out of sorts. Both players just got so much free space, and I'm sure that's something that, that Howe will kind of go over with the team. But it just seemed like ASM kind of caused a little bit of chaos at the back, and two players were just kind of turned around at that point. And, um, and also... <laughs> Bernardo Silva is, is is good and um, can make can make you look silly sometimes. Yeah, um, I don't think that uh, this is going to be a popular uh, opinion here, but I have to put a lot of the the blame on this goal um, on kind of like the back door of this pitch, which is Kieran Trippier who keeps him on side, and it'll happen again in the game. Um, but he, he's a solid half meter, you know, two, two feet, you know, behind where Fabian Schaar has kind of set the line. Um, and, you know, I guess Trippier, I believe was the captain in the game. And I guess he, maybe he's in charge of setting that line, but he's, he's got to follow that step up, you know, after a ball is taken to the corner as that, um, as that forward kind of retreats backward with the ball, that defensive line has to move up with him. Um, and and they did, of course, but Trippier was just a little bit slower to catch up to where Cher and Botman were and kept Gundogan on side, um, put put him in a in a pretty bad position there. And um, this this happens again with the uh, with the uh, Bernardo goal later on. So okay, um, you know. All yeah. respect to the captain, and I think that he had a he had an overall uh, solid game, but just some some things that I'm sure that Eddie Howe will be particular on. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, and that's where I don't th- my football uh, analysis kind of is limited, where I don't understand exactly how those those matchups work and who's marking whom, and that's where I think even later we'll talk about the other goals, but I think Dan Byrne was not great today and I don't know if that's mm-hmm. maybe his like okay I'm I'm playing left back and my my have a different role than when I was a center half but obviously he he's played it before and it was just one where you're like okay the, against city this is not you know uh a, a top tier fullback or a, or, yeah. or, or or a defender and um so so I guess that's a good point to say who's kind of setting that line. Is it is it Trippier as the captain and the kind of the, the leader of that defense? And the fact that Botman's new and Shar has this new elevated first team every single week role and, and Burns playing left back. So against City, you can't have a, a second uh, of, of miscommunication or, or not being right on. Yeah, and I, and I think um, Burn also seemed to want to cheat in to his normal position and kind of like mm-hmm. almost play as a third center back. There was a lot of times where he was kind of covering closer to, 
you know the back post mm -hmm. or uh, that side of the field than target than, than where we would have seen target for example or someone that has literally you know made made that place his yeah. bread and butter yeah um and so there's definitely a lot to to draw from that but obviously hopefully this is just a temporary situation targets back soon um but i mean i, th I still think that um that there's a there's a big question mark between botman and burn in the back uh, i i'm not sure that botman has been better than burn was at the end of last season and the first game of this season so um, yeah. Anyways, we can dive into that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say leading up to our and we'll definitely touch on that because I have some thoughts, too. Um, so leading up to our first goal, I think to, this is sort of when I'm starting to feel like Newcastle's getting back into the game a little bit. And I think De Bruyne had a free kick and we like immediately hit on the counter and it wasn't we didn't score, but it was like, OK, this looks like a team that's dangerous on the counterattack. And it was kind of. I wasn't sure what we were going to see because typically Newcastle played different. I mean, we're not sitting back under Eddie. We're, we're, we're definitely pressing high and, and forcing errors. Um, we definitely did that in some aspects in this game. But obviously, City are going to get forward. They, they're a very dangerous team going forward. And so when they were forward, I felt like we were always cr had a lot of space to work within and St. Maximin was dangerous on the on the attacks and even uh, Willick had a couple really good runs that even though they didn't result in a goal they they stretched out the defense and so it was just a good note to say like okay this is going to be interesting when we play these top teams because we can we have the biggest one of the biggest things is the fitness to press for most of the game and we don't really have any subs so these guys are like playing most of the match pressing high running a lot and dangerous on the counterattack Again, with Burn at left back, um, you know, this is going to be really interesting. No no match. We're going to be a really hard team to beat, basically, because we can press and we can counter. Um, so teams are kind of um, going to have it tough on both ends. So then we go right into um, the first goal for us, um, which was uh, Almer <laughs> Almeron's goal. He missed the he missed the first chance that ASM put just on a plate for him and just skied it. And at that point, I texted the group. I was watching it on replay, and I was just like, "Like, come on, we have to put the ball on on target here. Like, especially against City, you can't waste your chances." And he's just kind of standing there with his <laughs> cute little smile, and I'm like, "Miggy, come two, on, dude." Two blades of yes! grass on his cheek. <laughs> he's just always got oh, grass man. all over. him. He's totally like just plays in the dirt. He's that he's that player. He's like that kid on the field. Yeah, and the I pesky I, kid. And there's something like about him that I love. And there are definitely like Joe Linton's not a great finisher. Joe Willick scored a bunch of goals that that last Steve Bruce season. And and but other than that, like especially if we miss Wilson for a while, Almiron has to score. He did score, <laughs> kind of just with his with his body. Um, uh, right after that, but it's something that has always been a concern is like we can't have everybody be not a great finisher because you're gonna you're gonna lose some matches one nil or something like that if you just can't find a way to put it in the net. And uh, so I was pretty frustrated at that f first point, but then he then he found a way to put it in. Yeah, I mean he's 
he's a total enigma of a player. Like we we don't win that game without him, but also, you know, we might have scored an extra goal if it wasn't him. It's just a, a very, very tricky tricky player like he's he's so hard working mm -hmm. he wins the ball back for us he doesn't lose the ball often he keeps possession super well he plays so well with trippier and bruno like it's it's so hard to figure out why it just doesn't work all the time mm -hmm. um but right now i mean without question we don't have a better option um, nothing is nothing is official yet, and so I can say mm -hmm. confidently that there's nobody in our squad that right now replaces him. Um, but man, he, I think that he will be ultimately kind of like one of those players that Newcastle fans always look back on and say, "Yeah, he he gave it all for the for the badge. Like mm -hmm. he was he was there for it." Yeah, that and I mean, it's just tough because, yeah, I, I think especially as we move forward, like he's he. I hope he can step up and and continue to score, um, and 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 finish those chances because you're right, he is super hardworking and and you need those players in the side, um, for sure. So, so we score that goal. It had to be reviewed, um, and it and it seemed like even the 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 linesman kind of knew, like, hey, we're gonna. I was always going to put my flag up and review this one, and if it counted as a goal, they would probably review it anyways. But, uh, but either way, they they see that he's clearly on side, um, and so Newcastle tie it up one one, and it's like okay, all right, we're we're back in this thing, and um, so then, so then, uh, not too not too much after that, we're we're heading towards halftime, and uh, Callum just does another Callum Wilson thing. And credit where credit is due, ASM throughout this entire 20-minute period is completely rinsing Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker has no yeah. idea where he is. He looks like he's in a boxing match and just got like a, a haymaker to his right cheek. Like he's out of it. He has no idea what to do, whether to give ASM a little, a little bit of space and let him trick himself out, but when he tries that, he blows right by him. Whether to pressure him harder, when he does that, he blows right by him. Um, this is the San Maximum that we know and love and can never wait to see come back. Um, it's kind of like like a what's the like an urban legend like <laughs> you believe that it exists and you just have to like wait for it to like prove itself and he he did that again for me um and uh i think that when without him obviously this goal doesn't happen the almarone goal doesn't happen with just a kind of perfect dime to uh to almarone uh, a solid pass to Wilson that Wilson, of course, makes the most of that uh, another striker, <clears throat> Chris Wood, could have easily uh, bobbled and fumbled that. Um, but yeah, just a, a beautiful finish by Callum Wilson. Uh, incredible awareness to cut that inside off the touch instead of trying to take it um, straight, which is where the defender was going uh, and assumed that he would go. Just really, really nice. Um, really nice buildup. 
really nice play. Um, yeah, I, th I think the front three for the second half of the first half were out of control good. Uh, they looked elite throughout, you know, 20, I would say 20 to 45 minutes. They were just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that and ASM, yeah, he just, he was doing whatever he wanted for, for a good part of this match. And there's, yeah, the, and, and Wilson to finish. I mean, it, he's just got such a, again, I think, and I think I was reading somebody on Twitter kind of met, like kind of the difference between like, some of the other strikers we've had and him is like a lot of them will, will finish the chance that is wide open or, or that they should score. And Callum creates chances that other strikers don't even see, or like they don't think like Callum that, that touch on the outside of his boot and his foot's already down by the time the goalkeeper even knows what happened and the, the ball's behind him. It's like he's so quick to just snatch that and and put it in the net, and it's just like he knows. And just if he's injured now, it sounds like he's getting a, a scan on his hamstring. It's just like it just sucks because he's so good. And if he was healthy, I mean, I don't know. I think he's just criminally underrated, uh, and he just is so intelligent um, and is just – Anytime he plays is just amazing to to watch him. I mean, he has 22 goals in 47 matches for us, um, and uh, and I hope that I hope that he's all right because he should play for England if he's if he's fit. So call him up, Southgate. Yep, just keep keep him uh, keep him in bubble wrap uh, for the second half of our season too. Um, Fair enough. Um, one other thing. And I'm trying to remember if this was before halftime or immediately after. I think it was before. Um, a a shocking non-penalty when John Stones barrels through Fabian Scher. Just yeah, elbow that... first, before the ball got there, tackled him. How do, how do we not get a pen there? I'm just like totally baffled by that. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if they just didn't like even see it or what but he and he sucks I mean I don't know I when I watch him he was getting just destroyed by ASM too like anytime ASM would cut it into the center of the pitch like Stones was just falling down trying to keep up with him and it's just like uh but yeah that one I watched it and I'm like really that was just nothing <laughs> something yeah I hate when that happens like if that happens somewhere else it's at least you know just a foul and it's like we get in this magic box and it's like well well I don't know it's like no if it was a foul it was a foul now if if it's really on the edge and you don't want to give a penalty I can see what you're saying but like he just b blasted into him uh and they just ignored it I guess that was very uh very weird and it even sounded like um VAR looked at it and I'm like I'm thinking, how how can VAR look at that and not even ask the ref to take a peek? You know, it's yeah. just like it's very clearly early and it's very clearly all body. Neither of them touched the yeah. ball. Um, I wonder if I it's can... very confusing. I wonder if I can send you this. I just saw this picture. What'd you get? It's a it's a out of context football. <laughs> tweet and it's, oh, great and it's asm running on stones and peps like dead behind them it's like the perfect <laughs> image it's like Amazing. he knows already oh god it's our 
And I, this might have led up to. Uh, oh my gosh! I just got th- it. This That's is the one great. where Stones just basically grabs and pulls him down. You should tweet that so that if anybody listens to this, they can go back and look at this, what you're talking about. That's a beautiful picture. John Stones like looks like he's headed for the sideline, and ASM's headed right to the middle of the field, uh, right towards the 18 yard box. Yep. Right for right for what we're gonna just talk about, which is our third goal of the of the match. Hey, it was two to one at halftime. We're like, okay, okay, um, and then we come out. And uh, nine minutes later, ASM shreds through the defense again and wins a kick in a dangerous area. And Karen let me it. just say, this is, well, actually I did it with the second goal too, but especially with this one, I have not screamed, screamed, like yelled fairly at a soccer or any sports match in i don't know when's the last time nebraska the bulls um (laughs) the vikings were good i mean probably like that crazy vikings stefan diggs yep i'm thinking the minneapolis miracle yeah the minneapolis miracle might be the last time that i fairly screamed at a sporting situation and i was yelling i was screaming at the top of my lungs when this goes top shelf where grandma hides the cookies <laughs> over Ederson's right shoulder. I mean, I was, I was elated. I was elated. Tell me how this experience was for you. Yeah, I was. Uh, su- Sunday matches are not easy for me, but I got to watch it, and I'm holding our six-month-old, and I'm like, it's two to one, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I it's still at the point where City are just so dangerous. There's so much time left even to be up two one is like, all right, well we'll see. And then he just, I mean, it's just picture perfect. You couldn't place it better if you just walked it in. And it's just like, I just was losing it. And my son is just looking at me like, are you going to be okay? Maybe. And, poor, uh, poor baby. and I'm like, one day you'll, you'll understand hopefully. And uh, it was just wonderful. And I'm like, all right, all right. Now not, this guy, like the funny thing is like, Trippier's this free kick specialist, but he really hadn't scored. I mean, he scored like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like three before he came to uh to Newcastle, and he's just been so spot on. I mean, he only has before he came here what ten career goals, and then one for England, which is the free kick. So it's like he's a free kick specialist, but he's just been like on another planet now, and it's just like yes, dude, yes, and I just. There are some guys like I was watching his interview with ASM after the after the match, and it's like he's such a leader. It's it's like some dudes that are he's thirty one, he's gonna turn thirty two next year or next <laughs> next month, and uh, he's just a player that like some of these dudes would have just gone and kind of wrote out their career playing every other match for Chelsea or or Liverpool or something, but not Trippier. He's like I found a project in England close to family kind of thing and uh it's awesome he like picks he like picks out a match last year that asm dominated and and he's like just this perfect player that how had brought in that is like the guy that helps the other players get the most out of their game and and tells them what they could be and he's a guy that's played almost 40 uh has almost 40 caps for england he's he's 
been a, a phenomenal player for for Spurs and and Atletico Madrid. So it's like it's just such a great. And you're right. He, he there's been some some moments on the defensive side that have been questionable, but just the that player being on the pitch, even when um, I think it was when Elmerone scored, he's just like. He's got eyes everywhere. There's a player that's kind of coming too close to the the team. And he's like, hold on, hold on, just 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 relax. Like he's just got this calm-headed uh, mentality, and I just I just love it. And then, yeah, you could just score a free kick like that. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Nope. I um I agree. I think that um he s- struck it so perfectly. I, I mean. You you see them lining up, and Fabian shares like, basically, let me take it, let me take it. I want this one. I want this one. Yeah. <laughs> Tremere's like, I don't think so, man. I'm I'm two for three right now. Yeah. I'm I'm batting point six six six, and I'm I'm looking for point seven five, and <laughs> he um yeah he's he's taken four direct free kicks and made three of them. Yeah. Which is obviously absurd but um uh i mean it's just perfectly placed i was at um i was at a uh the copa america centenario in 2016 watching Lionel messi score a very similar free kick just with his left foot into the right side of the goal and i was like nobody takes free kicks like this guy there's just there's just no way that anybody is as good and and could make that free kick and Trippier is making me reconsider that um, that that feeling <laughs> that I had when Messi sank us, sank the U.S. with a free kick in, in 2016. Um, just absolute beauty. He's an absolute class um, captain. Definitely, like, you see other players posting, like, what a great player. And, like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, who says that about their teammate unless they, like, have this, like, revering respect for yeah, him. Yeah. And he's been there like seven months. I mean, to to command that kind of like respect and general like well wishes from the entire team, regardless of country, regardless of like how long they've been at the club, they all love him and are happy that he's the captain. Like just incredible. So good. Yeah. Absolutely. So we so at that point we go up three one and um what did you think what did you kind of think of the of the the way that the rest of the match went it wasn't it felt like the first time i watched it cuz i watched it back again it felt like it, it they scored later but it was it was 6 and 10 minutes after that goal that they had tied it up and holland oh, scores wow. a quick one and silva scores his from god de bruyne <laughs> yeah and even in those 6 minutes i feel like they had another really good holland chance yeah, um, yeah, they did, and Pope I, did really I well mean, there. I think that, I think the verdict's out for me on Botman. Truly, I think that, uh, Holland rounded him like like he was Harry Maguire. Basically, he just walked right around the guy, and Botman kind of just like crumbled in his wake, which is kind of scary. I understand that. You know, this Erling Haaland is one of the best strikers in the world. He's one of the most dangerous players. He's fast. He's tall. He's strong. Um, but man, the way that Botman just like laid down 
um, when De Bruyne played Holland in, and, and obviously Nick Pope saved this goal, but or saved this shot. But um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not entirely sold yet that that Botman's ready. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I, 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 there was other other things. I think like early on in the game, he also like chested down a ball in the box that definitely should have been immediately cleared with his head. There were just some like question yes. marks that I noticed, and I was just like, dude, this this is a fast. I mean, you know, so so is Liga Un, but this is a fast paced league. This is a strong league. Like you're not the strongest player on the pitch anymore. Every single time that you walk out there. Um, so, you know, there, there are some growing pains that I hope get dealt with. Um, but yeah, their, uh, their second goal, um, was kind of just a tough one. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who you blame for that. Or if there's anyone to blame for that, it was just, you know, ball comes across the net, they head it backwards, uh, and Holland's there to clean up. An easily missable shot by any other striker but him. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's it, just kind of like a half chance. That, that, okay. So obviously, the, I'm watching the other one again because I took, like, the thing is that Byrne is the closest defender to Holland that isn't involved in defending the the cross and the way that Byrne reacts is he kind of is ball watching as Holland's getting into a better spot and then so like yeah cuz it actually Byrne is goal side to to Holland and then all of a sudden the next thing you see is Holland in the screen and Byrne kind of like oh shit like getting back into position is just too late and you, and it's not much space really but it's just enough for Holland to, to finish and it's like oh if Burn and now there there was the one that he hit off the the post that he did just like turn Botman around like he wasn't even there so there's definitely like a yeah we're gonna have issues here if, if we don't step it up um and Shar's not like a out and out defensive center half so yeah there's there's some stuff to figure out there um I thought Burn wasn't great on either of the second goals so um so yeah yeah, no, that's that's fair. I'd have to see it again. Um, although, I mean, I'm just thinking about where it was, and it was, you know, inside the six-yard box on the near post, so on the, you know, where the, on the right side of the field for our right back and right. center back. Um, and so to expect Burn to be there is, I don't, I mean, I I have to watch the run of play again, but um, yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll start I'll start to talk about um something that let's see i just sent you the goal and there's three angles on it i think like at tw at 20 seconds you can kind of see a better angle of or maybe yeah maybe 18 seconds but you can see that there's like three defenders that go far post because the cross came so far across and then it's it's just one of those ones where it's like whoever it is hopefully the the message is we've got to stay engaged and I don't care who I don't care if someone has shifted to the other side. I don't care if Joel Linton's got to come into the box because of the situation. Someone has to be marking Holland. Like you can't let that guy be alone because of it, like yeah, if if it's a if it's like later Botman found a ball that that came down to him in the box. It's like yeah, he's probably going to miss it. But you know that dude uh from Denmark is yeah. going to finish it. So yeah. Yeah, that's a totally fair assessment and 
everyone, you know, somebody should have been marking the most dangerous man on the field at that time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then and then they then they score like four minutes later, um, and I thought on the th- again I just thought, I mean here's the thing, this is what I keep coming back to, if we were up five to one, I still think it's a good point, and I know that people will be mad about that, but whatever. But like, we're playing with the the values that we found. Uh, Botman is still very very inexperienced. He's a really young player that's being asked to step up huge here. Um, and he's going to have some growing pains. Byrne was just at Brighton, and no no disrespect to Brighton, but he's playing against um, Premier League winning, Champions League playing players all over the field. Um, and, I mean, other than Trippier and, and Bruno, who's in the Brazil side, like, Jolinton's never played in Euro- Europe. Like, it's just, there's a, I mean, and Callum Wilson's at, was at Bournemouth before he was here. So, like, the, the, the quality of City until we're there like this is a good result because Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva and Erling Haaland are going to do these type of things. And so if you can get a result, I mean, I think they had lost two of their last 30 Premier League matches. It's like this team is a machine and they can spend more than everybody else. They they won the Premier League last year and they bring in the best striker in the world. That's that's what we're going against. So for me And they have the best manager in the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh for for me um you know, I I'm I understand. Like we gonna we're gonna get better. We're gonna we're gonna take the confidence from um that we're gonna take the confidence from from that result, and um and and get better. And that's that's the difference between this manager and previous managers. Where um where you know hey we lo- we lost three to two. Hey we had some good chances. Blah blah blah. All that kind of nonsense. Um no. Eddie is 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 a guy that's going to want to take this and improve upon it, and I'm I'm really happy that that he's our manager and our our owners are going to try to get him in the best position to to keep getting better. Yeah, I mean, jumping back to that to that third goal, first of all, I mean, just a crazy crazy pass. Um, yes, beautiful to see see that run go in i i remember watching it in real time and seeing bernardo asking for the ball earlier than that from the person who had it before de bruyne de bruyne probably taking note of that and just keeping tracking where he's running um uh and here's another place where i think botman makes a huge mistake yeah you're right he jumps forward you know outside of the box essentially it runs three yards up or you know four yards up to a player who's in a who has his back to goal is in a pretty not dangerous position to be receiving the ball and bernardo just immediately sees that and runs right behind him and it's just like your center back has to trust your your defensive mids to cover that pass or close down quickly once they get that pass but he jumped at a pretty non-threatening player uh I, I actually don't remember it might have been gundawan or something it, but it, just a player in a non, non-threatening position yep yeah actually you make a really good point and what i was thinking on this play is because i'm watching it back right now and yeah you're right silva sort of makes a run on burn first and mm-hmm. and the ball is passed to de bruyne and now the thing is that there's a lot of little things in this 
play that that is the difference like I was talking about between Newcastle's talent or just the quality of City and it's like Almiron kind of takes a half or a quarter step the wrong way which gives De Bruyne just enough space Joe Mm. Willick needs to get in front of it's Holland and Botman I think this is a good learning experience because I think he thinks he knows what's going to happen and he's like I'm not going to let Botman get behind me again but what he doesn't understand is that Silva is trailing right behind Holland he's right he's a foot away from him and Botman's like oh I picked the run and he didn't and Silva's wide open and it isn't burn it's it's it would be impossible for Burns to think that Botman's right. going to leave his position. So I, I'll yep. give, I'll give, I'll take that back because Burn is not ever in a position to track that. Um, no. Um, and if, and even if Botman just stands still, Silva's not going to get the pass. But it's just, uh, it's just picture perfect from City, and I think that's going to be one where, yeah, Botman is a is going to be an interesting player because he's not very fast, so he's going to have to learn on these things and just. Like you said, trust the other players that they'll do their job, and if they don't, it's much it's much more understandable if if somebody scores from twenty two yards out than if you just let Bernardo Silva in on goal. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Perfect. I'm glad that you're you're watching it because I was trying to remember exactly what it looked like, but I do remember Botman taking a big step forward and just um, Bernardo being the intelligent player that he is, just saying oh well yep. and, and of course De Bruyne has a constant radar um and so yeah I mean extremely unlucky you'll see again if you're watching that Trippier keeps him on side uh, and it's it might partially also be the fault of of Botman again you know like you said Dan Byrne doesn't expect him to step that far up or step up um out of position and I'm sure Trippier doesn't either but if I'm not mistaken, I think Trippier's still maybe a foot or two behind um, Cher. Is that? I don't know if you're still looking, but yeah, um, yeah. I was trying to see the last. Behind. And and Willick gets nutmegged on the on the pass. Of course, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was that was tough. And you yeah. always wonder, like, did De Bruyne mean to do that? But ultimately, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think it's one where it's all it's all the little pieces. If Botman's in position. Willick would never expect a pass to be going directly through him. It's kind of like right. it's just a it's just a it's like a, a domino effect. But yeah, so so it's just one of those ones where it's like, okay, you know, could we have held on three three two potentially? But even then, I think that we like I I listened to a little bit of the NBC Sports or USA Network commentary after, and and I think they were a little bit harsh on Newcastle or a little bit, um, yeah. Did did Holland hit the post? Did did uh, Pope makes some good saves. I think Newcastle had some some other good chances as well. Obviously, the Almiron one we we discussed. Um, I think there was one or two other ones. Obviously, the one that fell to Botman. I'm more forgiving of him on that one because he actually had to kind of take a couple shovel steps backwards, and for a center half to, yeah. if it was perfect, then I would. Be, but he he was having to kind of, and you never want to be leaning back anyways. But he already had to move backwards to to take it. Um, ASM had one where he got free and just kind of dragged it, and you're like, oh, if he just could have gotten a better touch on that. Um, so there's a few more that I thought, hey, well, we we still had some other chances in this match. Um, and then there was one late. ASM made a great run but kind of just passed the ball into the middle of nowhere, and I maybe his head was down and he thought somebody else was, was making a move. But 
to be honest, I didn't think that like City were just like th- this was definitely not like a well, Newcastle grabbed a few goals and City just couldn't finish. Um it was definitely, you know, I know Pep's first comment was like, "Wow, that's one great England goalkeeper there." And it's like, "Yeah, he's good." And that was some, definitely some great plays by Pope and as we kind of wrap up in a little bit, we'll we'll touch on Pope, but I thought that I thought that United played well. Um and and deserved a deserved a point. They they <laughs> Pressed well, they took their chances, um, and uh, and a few lapses were really where City scored. So, yeah, um, there were times of the game that we controlled, and that was great to see. That's something I have not seen against City in a while, um, and and a time where and not only we controlled it, but City looked actually confused and scared and totally discombobulated and um if we had capitalized on some of those opportunities of course things would have been better but to convert i don't know how many probably like 60 percent of our expected goals or maybe even more than that i mean yeah i mean it was just it was just a very very good all-around performance um by the squad uh, I think that just like to touch on a couple other things that happened during the game, uh, Trippier's foul that on on De Bruyne. Um, I know that there it's it's a little bit controversial whether this should have been a red card. I think if I was refing it in real time, I would have said that that was a red card. Um, I'm very glad that like he had the presence of mind to like point his toes as about as down <laughs> as they could go to make sure it didn't look studs up at all but man he went straight for the knees i was like oh this isn't good i was i thought he was very fortunate for that not to be a red card because not only was it stopping the play which is you know a yellow card mm-hmm. for a, a situation like that but it was not it was not a non-flagrant foul i mean it was it was definitely very high it was not just kind of like tripping him it was you know pointing at his knees so yeah um, i thought we were a little lucky there to not go down a man because i think that would have obviously changed the game significantly yeah Um, and a missing and a missing two matches would be big um yep so yeah i think um i think he yeah he's a little lucky and credit to the to the uh to the uh referee for for just being able to override i mean that's always a tough thing i don't know does var review it and then tell the referee to review it is that how that works so the referee has to change his call that's what like in the nfl i hate the idea that like these like lawyers and people that like you know typically in the nfl like these these refs are part-time employees that are that are full-time lawyers and it's like this dude doesn't want to change his mind admit he was wrong but it was it was even if it was a close one, I think it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think he was, uh, you know, uh, intentionally being dangerous. No. I think he was. It, it, maybe his foot dragged a little high, and um, you clearly could tell he was just trying to to take him out. And I think even De Bruyne kind of embraced him quickly after, and it didn't seem like he was. He thought that that Trippier was trying to injure him or anything. Yeah. No. I think um, it's a. It's a, it shows maturity in the in the official to be willing to say okay this like this is what he was doing he was basically 
trying to do the equivalent of a shirt tug, but couldn't right. reach. He was not trying to in, in you know, injure Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it really could have gone either way. And I feel like if it had been some of the, uh, the more familiar refs that we know in the premier league, that wouldn't have been overturned. That would have stayed red. And we would have been in a world of, of trouble and hurt after that. Yep. So, um, another thing to mention is our, our substitutes Oof. totally lackluster. Yeah. Totally, That's an totally issue. killed our game. Chris Wood is not, I mean, he completely outperformed his abilities at Burnley. He's not, um, at the level that our team is at right now. Um, and he can't play another, in my opinion, top tier minute until, you know, we're, we have like a two goal lead or something. Yeah. It was just brutal to watch him. Yeah. Brutal. he ba- For me, he basically offers nothing. Uh, he was terrified. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. I seen him make some, you know, score some pretty decent goals, uh, at, at Burnley and even like Longstaff, like, I just don't understand like what you, what you sort of <laughs> offer. I just, whatever, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about Longstaff, but I've never been that impressed by him. Um, he's not, he just is kind of a slow, goofy runner. And I don't know. I, and Murphy is just, sorry, dude, you need to play in the championship. Like you're not a premier league player. Like he makes all these crazy f- you know runs down the wing and skies the ball over the it's just there's just not much there and so it's something that I know Eddie Howe realizes that and I'm pretty sure he's worried about um bringing him on and bringing these players on unless they're defending you know a two-goal lead like you said so yeah it's gonna be one that's 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 uh a good thing to follow as we kind of wrap up the transfer window here um but yeah the subs are are not great um, yeah. I mean, imagine being San Maximan, you've completely, you've been completely destroying their entire back line, making them look like thinner than Marcus Rashford's goatee. <laughs> and suddenly these players come on and they're slow as molasses doing absolutely nothing to promote positive play. Yeah. Like I would just be looking at Eddie Howe like, can we can we get something anything on this field that's that kind of reflects the ideals of of the fast-paced technical play that that you're trying to instill and the, they just aren't it i mean i guess jacob murphy's fast that's kind of nice but he, man he goes down easy he doesn't really play the right passes he doesn't control the ball well um it's tough we we definitely that's going to be a barrier to hitting that next level. Yep. I agree. Um, and I think, I, I hope we're going to have some, some news on that. It's been interesting. And we have the, uh, the upcoming FA, uh, FA, is it FA cup or Carabao cup this week? Um, Carabao. Okay. So we've got an upcoming match this week. Yeah, that's right. That starts before the FA cup. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if Elliot Anderson, I'm sh- assuming he'll play, but he hasn't played it all yet. So, We'll kind of see what happens there. Um, I would say, as I got two more things on my list, ASM and Nick Pope. Um, what were your thoughts on Ooh, Nick Pope? This should be good. Uh, lights out again. Um, I, I don't think. Let's see. Let me let me run through the goals. First goal, not his fault. Second goal, Holland, definitely not his fault. 
Oh, we got third, third goal. Not as I mean, he he saved several sure things. I mean, if if you watched Holland at Dortmund, he made it felt like he made every single chance that he got, and so to to see him get two solid chances, maybe more, maybe three, um, and at least two of them saved or significantly closed down by Pope. I think he took away another one from uh, Gundogan that should have been, you know, an easy flick up or something. Um, I think he's good. Oh, and, and I think Ruben Diaz hit a header that was kind of fortunate to go right to him, but um, you know, it's still a save and, and we'll take it, but the defense definitely put him in some tough positions and he saved about as many as you would expect him to save. But, uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think that Nick Pope, I mean, it is the little things, you know, the way he comes off his line, the way that he commands the, the defense and the way that he makes those saves, like he's just a really good keeper and it's really awesome to know that there's so many people and again I'll say this every time I make this these kind of comments but like there's a lot of people online that are frustrated with Newcastle's transfer policy or what they've been doing like to get Nick Pope was a steal and he's really awesome I cannot believe that Jordan Pickford is picked over him for England like I don't know if this is some stupid like well, he plays for Burnley, so blah blah blah. Like these, th- some of the decisions that the England team makes just baffle me. Um, but yeah, I think Nick Pope is is a gem, and I think he's like that didn't phase. He's just not phased at all. He doesn't seem like worried that he's playing City. He's just like, nope, I know exactly what I'm going to do on this, and I'm and he, like that's the worst thing for a keeper is when you're like caught in between two decisions. Um, but he's just right on, and he knows exactly what to do. Um, and yeah, I didn't I didn't think that he was really poor on any of those goals so um and he made some good saves again yep i i agree i totally think he was solid so st maximin had a huge game and uh understatement of the century yeah i mean i was talking about you know if we got 60 million for him or whatever 55 million i would take it um i just you know do you what what are your thoughts overall on ASM and do you want a player like that being one of your stars that that can do this when he wants to and sometimes he doesn't seem to want to I mean I don't know how else to say it Oof. how much time you got <laughs> <laughs> No um what did we get him for 23 Yeah I don't know 20? what the fu- 20 something like that Um I mean for the price that we paid he has I mean, I can't express how many times over he's made up for that. He he has made us believe. He has made us feel like we had something, even when we didn't. Um, he's definitely definitely been worth what we paid for him. I mean, that that's goes without saying. I don't think I can't think of anyone that would disagree um, in good faith with with the fact that you know 20 million or 20 25 million whatever it was was good business um i remember last week uh after the brighton game thinking you know what what we got him for or or kind of what he came to be was the excitement 
that he could produce by being completely unpredictable and like um, doing things even when, you know, we didn't have any chance of doing things. Um, and then I was like, but now like, it feels like we have a team that can do things. And so when he tries to do things by himself, it feels less good because there's a team around him that can also do things where that was not the case, arguably last year, of course. Um, and so it's hard, but in a game like, um, Sunday's game, I mean, how could you ever want him to not be on your side? How could you ever want to face him? Like if, if he was at a team that we had to face, I would be heartbroken. He has, he has been the only positive for our team, maybe other than Dubrovka for two and a half, three years now. So I don't know. I, I, I love him. I thought that he played you know at his best like that that is his best and you know and that is an extraordinary feat to do what he just did to um manchester city's defense for 70 minutes 80 minutes of of uh, sunday's game yeah i think i think it's tough because you know there's obviously something about him that few players have um for me there it's almost like if we're that middling premier league side you 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 like are desperate to to see him play because he can he can take a match that you're just not really in and and create some magic but kind of for me it's like i'm confident that they'll bring in the right other player maybe a young up and coming cuz i think the owners will spend the money and and invest um correctly so it's kind of like yeah, he, he he's he's great, but I just I just, I don't know. I just think it's it's such a tough one and it's not like you can kind of just um and honestly, I mean maybe I'm just thinking through it like would would it make a difference because who who's his competition right now? Maybe if you brought in someone that was like an up and coming player like as Newcastle kind of start to cement themselves as like a top 10 top eight side in the premier league i think players are going to start to be like okay yeah, i'll go there and, and, and earn my spot right now it's kind of like you know akatike am i gonna play i want to play in europe europe and uh psg is coming calling so i think as more and more newcastle grows into what they want to be competition for asm could be the the missing link of like no i need to step it up every match because he could drop me you know I could be moved on from and I don't think he wants to be moved on from but really at this point what choice does he have we were just talking about how bad the subs were so maybe it's not that ASM needs to to leave but maybe it's that someone else needs to come in just to just to have that fire in it you know uh uh under him when we're playing I don't know Leeds or Villa or whatever yeah force him to be consistent yeah and that was like the Sissoko enigma where it was like well he's gonna be great against Arsenal and Man City, but you you wouldn't take him against Watford because you just walk around. And I don't and I don't mean to say that's ASM because there's certainly matches where it's like, whoa, he just like eviscerated the defense today. But like he's just a player where it's like, would I rather have 
a consistent six or seven every week or would I have Maximin who could have a five and then a nine, you know, once every five or six games. And it's like, hey, if there's someone pushing him and making sure that, you know, he's um, he's always always pushing and, and to the point he's still healthy and not injured. But, yeah, it's just one of those where you're like, I just wish that he was a little bit more consistent, and and that's where watching the Trippier and Sam Maxman interview, it's like maybe maybe Trippier and, and Eddie Howe are the guys to get the most out of him too. Yeah, no, I I 100% believe not only in in football but in work in general is investing in the people that show that they have talent, right? So I I think that and and investing time, I mean, like just giving the benefit of the doubt, finding ways to make them feel good like Trippier did. I mean, that was definitely a calculated comment, like you said, when he'd said, oh, remember that game against Everton last year? ASM was great. And, you know, saying that right next to him is just like, you got this. Like, we believe that you're good. Um, football is a confidence game, 100%, all day. I, I think, and I've said this before on the pod, but I think more than any other sport, it is highly reliant on the confidence of the player. And, um, you know, it's just important to, to keep that up for him. And right now for me, I would take the, the sometimes five, sometimes nine ASM with the hope that he becomes more of a solid eight than I would take a always six or seven, um, yeah. Replacement. Yeah. Fair enough. I feel you. Um, and I love him and I, and it's fun to watch him and he's, it is it is fun when he's you know he's just making a, a massive run against the opposition and they're they're terrified and and Pep's on the sideline like oh gosh here we go um, <laughs> but yeah I, it's just it's just one that's it's gonna be fun to it's see a good play question. out and uh, yeah because because there are matches where he's m- maddeningly inconsistent so um, yep. So, yep. but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we do have a match tomorrow. I think we talked about it. Tranmere Rovers uh, in the Carabao Cup. What do you What are you expecting there? Anything to 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 mention? I think, other than like maybe arresting some of the first team players and uh, seeing Elliot Anderson. What anything else to look forward to there? Oh, I said yes. I'm gonna give you a. Uh, I'm gonna give you a player-by-player breakdown of Tranmere Rovers. So <laughs> sit back. No, I was kidding. Uh, no, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Dubrovka in action. I'm almost certain that will happen. Um, a couple of classic stalwarts. I'm re- really ready to um, see, you know, like we've we've seen what the new guys can do. I think that Eddie Howe is such a good manager that he has made our second side, like our 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 backup squad much better and these are tournaments that we've consistently lost to lower tier teams and i'm ready to see like javi manquillo yeah send the ball in and uh chris would get on the end of it um you know those types of things i'm just i'm just ready to see uh a good solid technical tactical squad regardless of who's on the field they all have the same ideas and mission in mind so um i'm hoping that we obviously um pull out a victory uh and i think it'll it'll be a solidly you know two nil type of match where we just are solid at the back can score a couple goals 
um, and there's never really a threat. But, you know, anything can happen in these games. Yep, totally. Yeah, it's one where I'm just excited to see what Eddie Howe decides to do with the, with the squad. I'm sure it's going to be heavily rotated, but it'll be good to to hopefully have some of those young players uh, and rotational players get some get some time on the pitch and see if maybe one of them impresses and, and gets gets a spot on the bench because we know that those bench spots are, are up for grabs pretty much. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll definitely be back, I think, tomorrow to, to recap that. Hopefully we can find a way to watch it and then talk about it a little bit. Maybe some transfer news, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I have a trivia question. It's it's one that's almost like impossible to even answer, but um, excellent. Yeah, love uh, That way, that way, you don't feel bad if you don't get it. But so Newcastle are unbeaten in their first three matches. Do you know that the? Do you know the? And I'll leave some space here in case the listener wants to. Well, you can pause it too. If it's a podcast. So, um, do you know the last time that Newcastle were unbeaten in their first three league matches to start a season? I'm I'm just giving space <laughs> here because I totally know the answer, but I, <laughs> I just want everyone else to, to be able like to. They got it before you. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Anything that I say now will would be an entire guess. Um, so I do not do not have a guess. Okay. Um, and this is Premier League only. Yeah, right? I was gonna say. I think I don't actually. I don't even know what we did. Um, the 2016, I think it was 2016-17 Newcastle. Oh, let's see. That was, uh, yep, championship. And I think we lost to Fulham in that first match. So, yeah, we lost our first two. So it wasn't even that. So it couldn't Jeez. even be both. Um, and then we have won our next five. <laughs> Not a clue. Not so, a clue. I'm excited to hear this again. So have been recent. I didn't think it would be this season just because I thought maybe we, but we, it was the 2011-12 season, the season we finished fifth. fifth um, yep. And we were unbeaten in our first 11. And we, we had, tw- we had uh, 25 points from 33 possible. No. Yeah. It was like a wild, Man. it was a I wild not start. I was a fan back then. Uh, I know it was, uh, it was the season. It was, it was so funny because our goal difference was like five but we finished fifth. We just missed Champions League, I think. And, um, yeah, we, we wow. like, were not allowing almost any goals. We were, like, the first three were nil-nil to Arsenal. We beat Sunderland 1-0. We beat Fulham 2-1. Drew to QPR. Is it, this is Pardue? Yeah, this is Pardue. Yeah, we Man. didn't lose. It, our first match was August 13th, and we didn't lose till the second half of November. Um, wow, it's like – a complete opposite of last season yeah yeah exactly yeah and then it was um i think we were we were in fourth with four weeks to go and we we the typical newcastle lose four nil to wigan beat chelsea two nil and then we lost to city and everton and and we finished fifth Um, but yeah we Um, we were in fourth with three to go so uh this goes back to what you said at the start of the pod it was just so hard to watch back then like you you couldn't find a game streaming in the u.s i mean Right. And I think like even to do what we do, it would be insanely hard because to try to have a consistent podcast when you might see one or mm-hmm. two matches, maybe a month at most, if your team is good. Tops. You know? Yeah. Like I remember Brad would let us know like, hey, I, you know, I used to like just see the score on the ESPN app. It's like, well, yep. you can't even be happier. You know, it's like you don't even know what's going on. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a 
And then, of course, I think in in true Newcastle under Mike Ashley fashion, they they finish fifth. They're going to have to play Europa League football, which is, I think, one of the other than like this European thing that they started now, this continental European, whatever it is, uh, it's it's just a, a drain on your squad. And I think we brought in like I can't even find the transfers in, but um, we basically brought in no players. Um, we brought in. Uh, oh wait, was that the? I think that might have been like the the season. Yeah, we finished sixteenth in the league, but it was the year we bought like a bunch of bargain bin players from from uh, France. So we brought in um, uh, Debushi for five million, Young and Biwa for six million, uh, Sissoko for two million, Gufran for one million. So it they did. It was just funny because they didn't really even bring in like a marquee player. Vernon Anita was the most expensive player they bought. So, um, yeah, not not exactly breaking the bank there. Um, and they turned over a ton of their their academy. But yeah, not a hey, we're gonna play Europa League football. Uh, let's bring in a, a couple two million pound players from France. Excellent. Let's do it again this year. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah so uh other than that newcastle unbeaten so uh, unbeaten so far this season it's been fun yep. we have a uh carabao cup match tomorrow and then we've got i think wolves at the weekend so yeah i think well like last last point to make on this is that i think some people are feeling like yes this is this is newcastle yeah now. like this is our squad um but I, I'm like, I'm a little hesitant to that. I think, you know, this, this, I mean, let's see last, last week we should have lost to Brighton. I mean, if we're being completely honest, we lost the possession game and they just had several chances that should have been put in this week. We, we lost the lead to city and, and, you know, no fault. I mean, I, I really am happy with the point there. Um, but I think we have a long ways to go to get to where we will be very soon. Um, this is, I think what we saw is not like Newcastle's ultimate team or ultimate like tactics or ultimate football, right? It's what we saw is like, this is the new Newcastle attitude. Um, and now the game, the game will follow. And I think we still have a little ways to go now and, I I'm hopeful that soon we won't be like excited about a game where we lose a three to one lead, um, which I am right now. I, I fully admit, I am very happy that um, it ended three, three ultimately. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful that in the near future, it's like a, we should be keeping a lead like that, or we should be beating Brighton handily. Um those types of things. So um, just wanted to, to say that I think that we, we still, we have shown a new attitude, a new energy. We've shown that St. James's park, isn't going to go quiet once we're down at home. Um, and I think the, the confidence that the fans have is reflected in the player's confidence. Um, so I'm just excited for that to, to grow and develop. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that we, uh, we're we're on the right track here and we're going to keep moving moving this thing forward and um and getting better and it's it's exciting because like 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 I said there's there's a lot of managers that would have been 
content to just move on from this one, barely even review it, but I know Eddie's going to pick this thing apart and say this is why we should have won this match against City and been one of the only clubs that, that beats them. So I'm, I'm excited to see the rest of this season and how it plays out. All right, man. Sounds good. Um, it was good to catch up. I will uh, uh, be back with the, with the boys um, tomorrow. I think we're going to try to throw something out there, and uh, we'll obviously have a, a, a deadline wrap-up show as well as that approaches quickly here. So. All right. I'm excited. All right, man. Good to catch up. All right. See you.